0: you're listening to reach md the channel for medical professionals welcome to inspired to act featuring international leaders in the field of medicine here is your host founding chair department of neurology brigham and women's hospital and professor of neurology at harvard medical school dr martin a samuels there's no debate that a healthier lifestyle promotes health but can healthier lifestyles turn back the hands of time joining us today to discuss the limits of wellness is anesthesiologist and internist, award-winning author, and the chief wellness officer at the Cleveland Clinic. Dr. Michael Roizen. Mike, uh, welcome to Inspired to Act.
1: It's great to be here, Marty, and you're doing a great service. So I'm privileged to be with you.
0: It's great to have you, Mike. Uh, my first disclaimer is that I've known Mike Roizen since uh, 1963 because we were college classmates at Williams College, and so in the I same dorm. You. Yeah, we were almost roommates, and uh, so I've watched your career with great admiration. And, of course, I saw initially the anesthesiology part of your career where you made a lot of important contributions. What made you decide to work on uh, educating patients instead of just continuing on in your anesthesiology work?
1: Well, basically, the anesthesia work led to this and it was a direct outgrowth. In anesthesia, we learned and when we started looking at outcome of patients, and as you know, I was doing cardiovascular anesthesia, and I ran cardiovascular anesthesia at UCSF and then went to Chicago as chair, and then I was chair at the Cleveland Clinic, but one of the things that happens is you look at mortality rates and complication rates, And those go up by a factor of three for every 10 years older you are. It's a natural logarithm. So at 75, you have three times the complication rates of a 65-year-old or nine times of a 55-year-old having the same procedure and everything else being equal. So you said, what could we do to make someone 10 to 15 years younger in the two weeks surrounding their operation? In in learning how to do that, and we do that, that's what our preoperative evaluation is rather than just blessing people. But in learning how to do that, I learned how incredibly strong the data were that you get to control how long and well you live. That is, all genes do is make proteins or watch other genes, and your actions get to dial the genes up or down, if you will. You get to express more or less protein by your choices. And so it became a logical extension to try and teach people this. And when you got to do it I get to do it in a larger sphere at the Cleveland Clinic and in wellness than in than just in anesthesia although that obviously was a great and I still consider myself an A card carrying anesthesiologist
0: Well you uh, had a big impact your Book you, which I just looked at recently, obviously is meant for laypeople to understand their bodies, understand the risk factors, and so on. Do you think that this marks a fundamental change in the physician-patient relationship, the patients taking greater responsibility for their own health?
1: I think it's much more than that, and that is what this is, is it helps reinvigorate primary care. Essentially, what we've learned is that through lifestyle treatment, you can decrease the burden of chronic disease a great deal. That is by teaching someone how to cook by teaching them what nutrition is important, by teaching them what we mean by physical activity. When Even here, when we have 1,800 doctors we cover in the executive health program, that's part of the wellness institute here, and if you look at it when you say do physical activity and you say to them, what do you think I mean by that, there's a random event of getting it right. Stress management, if you do those things to patients with type 2 diabetes or with metabolic syndrome or with coronary artery disease or any one of 21 diseases, osteoarthritis, etc., the main chronic disease, you actually get people off the medicines they're on because they no longer have expression of those diseases. So over a period of time, you can reverse those. We do it in a group setting, so we teach 12 to 16 people at a time and there's an immersion process in this what we call Lifestyle 180 program where we take people 12 to 16 that are have the same type of process, go through 12 four-hour sessions over six weeks. So it's two nights or two days or two mornings a week for four hours where they learn how to cook, they learn how to read labels, they learn how to Do physical activity, many of them haven't for a long time. They learn what stress management is and some psychosocial support. And over the six week period, they start to reverse the disease. And then we have one follow up session every month about after that. And so they actually are able to, in the Lifestyle 180 program, to reverse this and to change it. Now, where's the change? Well, it isn't just the individual responsibility but it's doctors teaching lifestyle medicine to patients. So, Marty, back when I was, and I still do do internal medicine, when I gave a prescription, I thought the patient automatically took it. But we know only 63% of patients even get them filled when the pills are free, and only 30% take them the way they're prescribed. And the reason is us as physicians have failed. So what we wanted to do was to make the course edgy enough and to give people enough understanding so they would change their lifestyle. And that's where you can reinvigorate primary care.
0: Do you uh, actually have a course for the uh, doctors as well or is this entirely for patients?
1: Well, the doctors we have who do this in addition, I mean, we train physicians to do the teaching part of this as well. We're just in the preliminary stages of that phase of it. But yeah, there is a course for physicians. And in fact, some of our physicians at the Cleveland Clinic who have diabetes or have metabolic syndrome or have osteoarthritis or coronary disease, go through the course as well as patients.
0: If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Inspired to Act on ReachMD Radio, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Martin Samuels, and joining me today is physician, author, and chief wellness officer at the Cleveland Clinic, Dr. Michael Roizen. In my own work, I've certainly seen chief medical officers, and I've seen chief operating officers, and I've seen chief executive officers, but I have never seen a chief wellness officer before. Could you tell our audience what that is? What is a chief wellness officer?
1: Well, my job, if you will, is to make preventive medicine and wellness a driving force in the lives of all we touch, our employees, our patients, and our communities at the Cleveland Clinic, so roughly 40,000 employees. We have a health plan, and so the job is how do we, in fact, change the chronic disease that we cover by getting our patients, our employees, healthier? How do we make prescriptive wellness? How do we, if you will, change our electronic medical record so that you aren't just signing patients out with orders for if you will, glucophage, but you're signing them out for orders on walking and buying a pedometer and how many steps a day and who they tell and what buddy they have so that they can do that and what recipes can they have and how can they get great-tasting food that avoids saturated fat and trans fat, avoids simple sugars and anything but whole grains. And so that prescription built into the electronic medical record, if you will, and how can we make the job of our physicians in treating their patients easier? And then how can we, if you will, inculcate this or insinuate this wellness into our communities? How do we, if you will, have a farmer's market at the clinic that excites people so they will eat healthier, but then also gets our communities, which aren't the healthiest communities and aren't the wealthiest communities, if you will, how do we make it fun for them? How do we arrange, if you will, for them to have it easier so that they can have fruits much easier, and fruits and fresh fruits and vegetables easier than they can, if you will, canned or worse food?
0: Do you still practice, Mike? Do you do anesthesia and internal medicine, or uh, which do you do, and why do you keep practicing when you're spending so much effort on this uh, idea of educating patients and their doctors?
1: The reason I still practice is I love it, and that's where you get all your ideas from, if you will. Everything I do comes from patient care. So I do practice two days a week, Wednesdays and Fridays, And I get to be medical director of the Dr. Oz TV show on Tuesdays and nights and weekends I get to write and most of the rest of the time I get to administrate. I'm chair of the Wellness Institute, which just like the other institutes at the Cleveland Clinic is pretty big and has a fair bit of administrative responsibility. But the reason I do that is one, you get the best ideas from working with patients. And two, I have a ball working with patients. I just love patient contact. So I th- I think if I had to give up patient contact, I'd give up medicine. I just couldn't exist.
0: Yeah, I mean, it makes it much more real, obviously, somebody who's in there really practicing instead of just preaching about it. A lot of people uh, are listening to you now who are doctors in practice. They're struggling through day-to-day practice, and I'm sure you know a lot of people are feeling a little Discouraged? What kind of advice would you give them to end up with this sort of optimistic point of view that you've developed?
1: Well, you know, every time I would get discouraged, depressed, feel bad about a day, and you often do in the operating room, either when things go bad or when there's an interpersonal problem, all I did was I'd take a walk through the recovery room, and I'd see, one, we get to help these people a great deal, and two, I want to stay healthier than their state, if you will, And so it was just seeing all the suffering around and how we could do so much to help that would say we're in the darn best profession I can think of. People tell you things they don't tell their spouse. They tell you things they wouldn't tell anyone else. And at the same time, you get to try and help them work through a whole bunch of problems. And that's a real privilege, I think.
0: We're running a little short of time, but I do want to ask you one last thing, Mike, and that is we're obviously in the midst of a big struggle over a change in our health care system. What implications to our new health care system? There's all this information about prevention that you're trying to uh, help patients understand. What implication does that have to Obama's effort to revamp the health care system?
1: It's a longer discussion, Marty, but let me give you the two-minute elevator ride. He sold it to us because we have to do it as part of the economy, because the costs of health care have been rising and are continuing to rise, and the demographic shifts make it. That we cannot be competitive for jobs or have a decent standard of living unless we control health care costs. But all they have done is talk about coverage, access, and, if you will, who pays for it. The basic problem is it is what's paid for has to change. We have to reinvigorate primary care. We have to get In fact, what's paid for changed because we have to reduce the burden of chronic disease. And the way I look at it is until the program, until a bill shows how it will reduce the burden of chronic disease, it can't reduce costs. And so that's the focus that we have to have. And I hope that's the focus that the Senate and House will have. And I can tell you, there are actually 10 provisions I have, and maybe in another show we'll do that. But there are 10 provisions I judge the success of Bacchus's and Wrangle and Obama's efforts by.
0: Well, I'm going to take you up on that offer, Mike. I know you have to run today. I want to thank my guest anesthesiologist and internist, award-winning author, and chief wellness officer at the Cleveland Clinic, Dr. Michael Roizen. Thanks so much for spending time with us this week on Inspired to Act.
1: Thank you, Marty. My privilege.
0: You have been listening to Inspired to Act on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals, featuring international leaders in the field of medicine, hosted by Dr. Martin A. Samuels.